Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I am committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits. And often, when I'm working with toddlers, preschoolers, older children, I'm really trying to solve things like nightmares, night terrors, problems that parents think are unsolvable. They are just going to have to cope with them. They're just going to have to be a part of their sleep. But guess what? That is not the case. I recently wrapped up with a four-year-old who was struggling with nightmares and we were able to turn that around to see a difference and to be able to help mom and dad create strategies to cope when nightmares did happen, but also to try and help prevent them. Now, there are certain things in your child's sleep that just are not um, preventable. We have to just work through, and they really are, as much as I hate to say it, a phase. But there are things like developmental regressions, like learning how to roll over, learning how to crawl, learning how to talk, learning how to jump, learning all these new skills that your baby has to learn or your toddler or your preschooler has to learn in order to grow in order to thrive. And they have to learn these skills. And sometimes that does cause a sleep regression. Usually it takes about two to three weeks for your child to sort through whatever new skill they're working with. And during that time, I'm going to ask you to hang in there, but it doesn't mean you have to throw their sleep expectations out the window. I have often work with toddlers or babies who are going through a new developmental skill and we still teach them how to sleep. So you can work with those things, but there are certain aspects of sleep disruptions or I guess issues with sleep that we can actually reverse and fix right in the middle of them. So nightmares and night terrors, first of all, are two totally different things. I often feel like families get confused on what's the difference Is there a difference and how can I spot them? And so today, I really just want to educate you on the difference between nightmares and night terrors, give you some insights into what's going on, and then also share tips for coping with both of these. All right. So if you have a child who's been experiencing these middle of the night disturbances, you might be wondering what's going on. I hear families describe things like what they view as night terrors, only to help them realize it's actually a nightmare. And while the two of them are both very different, both are really, really worrisome to us as parents. So to help you better understand each of these, here are some facts about nightmares. And then I'm going to go through how you can cope with nightmares. And then I'm going to share the facts on night terrors and how you can cope with night terrors so that you can really understand the difference. So nightmares tend to occur several hours after going to bed or sometimes in the very early morning of your child's REM sleep. Now, children do respond to comfort and reassurance. When your child is having a nightmare, your child is going to respond positively to a comfort, to a reassurance, to a hug, to a kiss, to a turning the light on and calming them down. They also might be reluctant to go back to sleep until they feel safe. Children also remember, just like you and I do, we remember part of our nightmares. And nightmares, they only occur during the stage of sleep when your brain is very active, when it's sorting through experiences, things that you've seen, maybe things that they heard on TV, sorting through new information, new things that they learned, their memories. Their brain is actively sorting through all of these little clips from the day. And since these images are so vivid, your child might not be able to distinguish between what's real and what's not. Now, almost all children experience nightmares at some point. This is something you just, you can't 
avoid. They're going to experience nightmares. And nightmares, they sometimes can happen as, you know, as young as like 18 months to two, but they are absolutely happening with your toddler, preschooler, and older child. Absolutely. For babies, not really the case. Your baby, your baby, your young baby is not having nightmares. Um, I want you to maybe look to environmental things that could be happening that could startle your child out of sleep, but nightmares in young babies really is not happening. Now, how to cope with nightmares. When your child wakes up, you know you are so very in tune to your child's sleep. You know very quickly the difference in your child's cry between you know, whining or moaning versus, oh, they're scared, something's wrong. So when you hear that, when you hear that scared, that scared cry or scared um, shout, for us, our oldest, who is almost four, we know she's having some type of nightmare because she literally startles out of her sleep and starts screaming, mom, 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 or dad, 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 or she'll start to say things like, no, 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 um, or I didn't do that. It's, it's kind of interesting. I wonder what she's been dreaming about. But these are really normal. And I know for her, that's like a trigger that, oh, she's, she's having a nightmare right now. I need to go up there and help her. So when your child is having a nightmare, first of all, like go right to them, go help them out. Or if they've come to you, obviously they're right there. But the first step I want you to do is just reassure your child that you are there for them and that they are safe. So remind them that you love them. You're here for them. Mommy, daddy loves you. I'm here for you and you're safe. Hug them. If they are a physical touch kind of person, like my oldest is, wrap them up and you're in your arms and give them a hug. Let them know that they're safe. Be calm with them. Be a calming presence. And yeah, I want you to even turn a light on to kind of shed some light on the situation, okay? Literally turn the light on to dispel any fear they might have of whatever's going on. Discuss with your child what happened. I really want you to talk with your child and ask what's happening. What what do you think you saw? What did you see? Let's talk about what you went through. So uh, it was like a week or two ago. We had a a little miscommunication between my husband and I, and there was an episode of Bubble Guppies where they were going to go through like a haunted house. It was like a Halloween episode. And our oldest is really easily startled. So let's just think back to what I said about nightmares is when your brain is like actively sorting through experiences. So our our oldest is very, um, maybe gullible is the word, or maybe naive. Of course, she's naive because she's four. But she's really um, startled easily by scary things, obviously. And so there was even this episode of Bubble Guppies where they had a haunted house. And there was a witch. And there was a scary noises and scary houses. And the miscommunication was I had purposely skipped over that episode. But I guess it just popped up, you know, one of those like autoplays one time. And my husband didn't realize it until it would, had already begun. And our oldest had already seen the witch. She'd already seen some of these things. And one of them was like floating around the room, flying around on a broom. And so, of course, later that night, she had a nightmare. And when my husband went up to go discuss it with her, she said, I see it flying on a broom in my room. So there you go. She saw whatever she was seeing from earlier in the day and she applied it. Her brain was actively sorting through it and she was scared. She thought she saw something in her room. So we talked about it. We labeled it as a dream. We said, hey, Ellie, that was a bad dream. This, it's over. You're safe. We even turned a light on you, and you even have your nightlight. It's okay. 
Everyone has dreams and it can be scary. It's upsetting, but it's okay. Now, something I actually see some of the families I work with do is like these, you know, magic little things like, okay, we're going to check under the bed for monsters. We're going to do a silly song and dance. Um, And if we do this silly dance, then the, um, you know, the monster will go away or the monster will disappear. And, you know, that's, that's totally okay. If you, if your child buys into that, I think for my daughter, if we had said, oh, we'll do this silly dance and the monster will go, she'd be like, wait, there was a monster here in the first place. (laughs) She's that literal. And so for us, that doesn't really work. But talking about the fact that that was a dream, it was fake, that works for our our daughter. So we we tell her that it's okay. We wrap her up in our arms. We give her big hugs, kisses. We tell her that that was a dream. I know that was probably scary and or upsetting. Well, you know what? That was a dream. It was fake. And let's get back into bed. But I want you to always listen to your child. Now, right now at almost four, our child really isn't, she's not telling us a whole lot about what's going on. She's honestly so tired, half delirious. But if your child is wants to actively talk about the dream, then I want you to listen. Your job is not to shut them up and say, get back to bed. I want you to listen. Your job is to offer reassurance, to offer the love and security and Honestly, I don't want you to discuss the nightmare too long in the moment, okay? So you can listen to your child. They might tell you some things and listen to it. You don't have to have a whole full discussion about it right now, but just listen to whatever they want to tell you. Let them know that it's okay. Everyone has dreams that can be scary or upsetting sometimes, that you love them, they're safe, and it's time to get back into bed. And then come the morning, you can discuss it. You can journal about it, draw pictures about it, because oftentimes these worries, they vanish in the daylight, right? Like you wake up the next morning and it seems silly that you had this dream about a fish riding a broom around your room, right? So I want you to go through things that will help your child cope with them and honestly know your child. Because for us, we cannot tell our daughter, let's do a silly song and dance and the monster will leave. Because like I said, she'll say, oh, there was a monster anyways. It was here. But if your child is fun loving and distractible and that helps them kind of calm down, then do that. Know your child best, but always listen because your job is to give them love, to make them feel safe, to offer reassurance. And then in the morning, you can discuss it, journal about it, draw pictures about it, because I want those worries to vanish in the morning. This means that, you know, action steps, mom and dad, I want you to take are monitor what your child's watching. Monitor during the daytime. If we need to cut back on TV, you know, I tell the families I work with, please turn the TV off one to two hours before bed, any type of screen, because I want their natural melatonin to take over and screens, light from screens will block the release of melatonin. Well, this can also be a really great way to help your child not soak in these vivid imageries from the day that could possibly give them nightmares. So maybe we need to limit screen time. Maybe we need to really pay close attention to what they're watching, um, even when that Netflix autoplay comes on and the next thing pops up and we're not quite sure what it is. So monitor what's going on, monitor what your child is saying, what they're thinking through, and always be there to help them cope with the nightmare if that's happening. Now, the other thing I want you to try, if your child is having like chronic nightmares, I often look at nightmares sometimes can be your child is overtired. So try putting them to bed 15 to 30 minutes sooner. And I want them to get that sleep, catch kind of back up on that sleep that they needed to get. Oftentimes I'll find that for our oldest who has a highly active day, if she goes to bed even just 15 minutes later than normal, something's going to happen. I guarantee it. Something's going to happen in the nighttime if she's overtired and goes to bed. She's going to wake up startled. She'll have a nightmare. She'll be restless. So if your kiddo has had an active day, 
definitely put them down early, but also if they've had chronic nightmares happening almost every night, put them to bed early and I want you to see if anything happens. All right, night terrors. Now these are more rare. So actually night terrors are only happening in about three to 6% of kids. Night terrors are often only happening in children from about two to two and a half and up. Now they most prevalently occur in children about three to four years old, but this is also something that can last until 12 years old. Okay. So these typically happen in older toddlers, preschoolers, older children, things like that. And what's happening during a night terror is your child will suddenly sit upright in their bed shouting, screaming. It's going to sound like they're in a lot of distress. Their breathing and their heart rate might be faster. They might be thrashing around. They might be acting upset and they may even be sweating. And this is really disturbing for you as the parent. After a few minutes though, sometimes a little longer, but after a few minutes generally, the child simply calms down and goes back to sleep. Now, the really crazy thing about this is that your child is going to have no memory of this. Your child is not fully awake and present like they are after a nightmare when you're helping cope through them. So with night terrors, they typically happen about two to three hours after going to bed and during non-REM sleep. So if your child is waking up two to three hours after they've gone to bed and this is happening, then you know this is probably a night terror. Now, children do not respond to your efforts of calming them down. And it's really, it's not a good idea to wake them up during a night terror. They kind of just have to get through it and process through it. And as freaky and as crazy as it is to you, it's disturbing to you, but your child is going to have no memory of a night terror and they're not awake during those episodes. There are no mental images for your child to recall from that experience. What's really crazy is that your child, if they're having night terrors, I want you to look at both your side of the family and your partner's side of the family and see if anyone within your surrounding family experienced night terrors or sleepwalking because maybe your child has inherited this throughout your family. And y'all, oftentimes when I'm working with a family who they have expressed, and this has only happened like maybe three or four times with the families I've worked with, but when they say my child, my child's having a night terror and I evaluate it, and it really is a night terror, they tell me, oh yeah, my husband dealt with this or my uncle dealt with this. And so yes, it is a genetic thing that can happen. But again, this is relatively rare. It's only happening in about three to 6% of children. The biggest thing with night terrors is that children who have them have been noted to be overtired, ill, stressed, or fatigued. And again, the biggest thing that we can help with night terrors, there's really no one thing that we can do during a night terror, but we can help prevent them. So a couple of things would be at bedtime, I want you to practice some like healthy stress reducing activities for your kid. This could be doing some yoga, some stretching, some deep breathing. There are so many good resources, even apps out there for, you know, uh, guided meditation for children's to help them breathe deep and breathe in and out and do some stretching. You can also perform a consistent bedtime routine. And I work through this with every single one of my families. We institute a bedtime routine that's right for your child. And as we go through these bedtime routines and they get in the habit and the motions of knowing how to go to sleep, it really does help cut back on these night terrors. But the biggest thing we have to work through is an earlier bedtime. The ideal time for a child is typically between seven and eight. Now we could put an asterisk here and go through all sorts of differences between families, but I definitely want your child in bed before eight o'clock. And I want you to experiment 
with 15 minute increments. So let's say your child has been experiencing night terrors and they've been going to bed at 7.30. Every single night, 7.30, they go to bed. All right, then what I want you to do is experiment and put them down at 7.15 for a few nights. Does that make any difference? Okay, if that's not making a difference, then let's back it up till seven. And I want you to just play with these little 15 minute increments to figure out what is the best bedtime for your child that helps them catch back up on sleep, that they're not overtired because even 15 minutes can be a big difference. I also want you to ensure that your child is getting the appropriate amount of sleep for their age. In the show notes, you will see a link from the American Academy of Pediatrics that I've linked and you can check out how much sleep your child is supposed to be getting at their age. And this will kind of help um, shed some light on what's going on with your child. So if you've listened to all of this and now you're like, aha, I know exactly what my kid is going through. I'm so glad because there is a big difference between nightmares and night terrors. And I want you to be very well versed on that. Um, Also, if you know people who have been saying, oh yeah, my kid's having night terrors and there's just nothing I can do about it. Great. Send them this episode. They will be so glad you did because it can help them get through these because y'all night terrors are just really disturbing for the parents. Again, your child has no idea, but it's very helpful if we can implement some positive sleep habits and earlier bedtimes for really everyone all across the board. If you have received any takeaways from the Little Z Sleep Podcast, would you do me a big favor? I would love for you to leave a review in the iTunes podcast app. This is a huge motivating factor for me. Every week when I come to do the podcast, it is so helpful for me to see how this podcast is serving you. In fact, someone told me recently that just listening to the podcast gave them the confidence to ditch the pacifier for their four-month-old and their four-year-old. So I love that, and I'm so excited that you you all are out there making positive sleep change in your whole family. Sweet dreams. See you next time.